Joining us today on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos Interview Series is renowned chef and Greek food guru, Diane Kochilas, the author of several books on Greek cooking. Diane is also a consulting chef to many Greek restaurants across the world and is also the host of Tita Famesimera Mama, a cooking show on Greek television. Diane, welcome, first of all, to our program. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. To get us started, share with us a few words about some of the current projects that you are working on. Well, I just I'm about to publish another book, one that's really close to my heart. It's about uh, the island of Icaria, where my family's origins are, my family's from. And uh, Icaria has has kind of been catapulted to to fame in the last few years, basically because uh, it's it's one of the blue zones one of the five or six places on earth where people seem to live a very long time. Uh, so that's just about to come out. October 14th, it'll be in the stores. It's called Ikaria, Food, Life and Longevity from the Greek Island Where People Forget to Die. And that's being published by Rodale. So that's uh, kind of top of the charts for me right now. I'm also, of course, working with Molivos, the collaborating chef, work, always working on new dishes, working on a couple of different TV projects, but I can't talk about them just yet. And that's kind of about it right now. And I mean, uh, and ongoing things, of course, that, that you know, I've, I've continued to do. We are on the air with chef, author, and Greek food guru, Diane Kochilas, here on Lialogos Radio in the Lialogos interview series. And we'll come back to a lot of the topics which you've brought up, Diane. But over the past few years, you have been hosting a cooking show on television in Greece and Cyprus titled Tita Famesimera Mama. For those who may not have seen the show, tell us a few words about it and what it was like to take your expertise to the small screen. The show was a, an astonishing success. Uh, very happy to say that. We've done two seasons, uh, 98 episodes a season, so kind of baptism by fire. It was incredibly intense. I think for me, the best part of having done that show, the English title, if you want to translate it, is What Are We Going to Eat Today, Mom? And I was the mom. The show really stood apart from anything else uh, in the cooking genre, especially in Greece, but I think it stands up internationally for the high quality of the production and just the general setup and layout of the show. There was something very immediate about it, and I think that it, that's the, the one thing that really won people over. I mean, I still, I just actually got stopped outside my front door. Somebody was asking for directions. I turned around. And they said, oh, is that you, Mrs. Kohila? And, you know, when are you going to be on again? People just really embraced it. And they loved the immediacy of it. They loved the simplicity of the food, the fact that all the dishes were accessible, no matter what your uh, skill level in the kitchen. And a good part of them were very healthy. You know, that was something that I really tried to stress. I mean, a lot of vegetable and bean dishes, a lot of plant-based food, not such a heavy reliance on meat which in Greece is, you know, in this day and age is, is somewhat of revolutionary because people still, uh, people quite, are quite the meat eaters here. So that's about it. I, I, we're not slated for a third season, as far as I know. And that has less to do with us, on, you know, than more to do with having lost our sponsor because uh, the supermarket chain Lidl had various internal changes and a new guy came on board who's running all the Balkans out of Romania. And they, they haven't signed on to do any TV this, this season at all. 
Now, in the United States and in other countries, we often see cooking programs on television which are dedicated to other cuisines, such as Italian or French or Asian cooking, but it's rare to catch anything pertaining to Greek cuisine. Do you believe that a program such as yours would have the potential to make it in the United States or elsewhere? I totally believe that. I think that if you deliver a good product and the food is good and the, the show is fun and entertaining and informative and offers real solutions to some of the food issues that people face in their daily lives, I totally believe that, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Greek cuisine and Greek food products abroad in markets such as the United States. Is there any news on this front that you can share with us about Greek products that are becoming popular overseas? We keep hearing, for instance, about the success of Greek yogurt in the international marketplace. Greek yogurt certainly opened the floodgates. And certainly now there are a lot of Greek companies that are creating new products, uh, some of them relying on the things that we already know, like olive oil and olives, and you know maybe some sauces and stuff. But for the most part, there are a lot of young companies doing some pretty interesting food development, product development. I do think that some of them will fall by, maybe fall by the wayside because it's very difficult to penetrate the U.S. market. It's extremely expensive to do that, costly, time-consuming, complicated. But I think that there are a number of companies out there really intent on doing it, and I think that they'll succeed. We are on the air with chef, author, and Greek food guru, Diane Kochilas here on the Alagos Radio and the Alagos Interview Series. And Diane, do you believe that Greece is maximizing its potential as far as the exports of its culinary products are concerned? And which Greek products do you believe have the potential to become the next big thing overseas? I do not believe Greece is maximizing its potential. I think that's a perennial problem in Greece, unfortunately, and one that you know most of us who have a foot hold or toe hold even in an, in another country recognize that's a complicated issue. But I think that there's room for a lot of the healthier foods that are part of the Greek diet, and I think we'll be seeing those more and more. Certainly, the yogurt market is probably saturated by now or close to it. I mean, it seems like everyone and his brother is making Greek yogurt, but I think that there's a lot of room for other Greek products, for some of the the non-cow's milk cheeses, for some of the even the healthier confections. There's one company that it, it isn't it isn't a Greek company, and it's a company that I'm actually working with. I don't know if I can mention the name on air, but they're producing nutrition bars, and it's a brilliant idea. It's the Mediterranean diet for people on the go. So I think that there is innovation, but I do wonder if a lot of the smaller companies are sufficiently capitalized. That's always a huge issue. Let's return now to the topic of the island of Icaria, which you mentioned at the start of the interview. One of your annual ventures are the cooking classes, which you offer each summer in the island of Icaria in Greece. And tell us, first of all, about these classes that you offer. We run several sessions over the summer, usually in the beginning of the summer. Uh, this year, we're doing three sessions at the starting in June and going through the middle of July, and possibly two more sessions at the end of the summer that are more wellness-based. Uh, we'll be doing some other things besides cooking, and I'll, there'll be a definite healthy, healthier spin on the food that we're cooking, and also things like yoga and meditation and some other kind of wellness-oriented activities. But what we do in Icaria is we really try to give people an experience in a small place, in a Greek village. We meet, you know, we spend time with local families. Uh, we cook together, of course. Uh, much of what we cook is 
plant-based. It's a lot of vegetarian food. It's not exclusively vegetarian, but it's, there's, it's very healthy food. We do various activities in nature. We go for a foraging walk and we go to beekeepers and, and watch the whole process of honey and how it's made and taste honey. And we make cheese together and uh, go to a couple of wineries. I mean, it's really a pretty full week and people, people love it. I mean, we've had, I've had repeat guests next summer. I have another fa a family that's coming back actually. It's a really unique travel experience. I don't know what, what else to say. People really have a great time. <laughs> Now, as far as the island of Icaria itself, you mentioned earlier that it is considered a blue zone. What is so special about the island of Icaria and why has it achieved global prominence in recent years? I think a lot of it just has to do with slow and deliberate life, you know, living in the moment, not having stress, taking every day as it comes. I think people really live that way in Icaria. It's part of, it's in our DNA. In my research in the book, speaking to people who are above the age of 85 and talking to them about their diets, especially when they were younger, a lot of what they told me had to do with the fact that they had very little to eat. So that there, it was a diet that was by default plant-based. Meat was very rare, basically on holidays, or if you could, if you had a couple of chickens, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit more frequent than that. A lot of natural exercise, basically walking, very close-knit community, and Carians still have a very close sense of, of community. Even in the United States, we have a we almost have a tribal mentality. We have a whole network of other people from Icaria all over the world that we are you know that we know and that we kind of manage to see at various points throughout the year. So I think all of those things, just a sense of belonging. There's no sense of alienation in communities like that. So there's that, that's also a very great source of stress in more uh, urban societies. The food, of course, has a lot to do with it. Healthy, natural, seasonal food, unprocessed food, the ability to let loose, whether it's at you know, a local feast or just at a friend's home. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times you know, wherever we are with other Icarians, the event, even if it's just dinner, inevitably turns into something where somebody pulls out a, you know, a guitar or a bazooki or something, and we end up dancing. There's a lack of inhibition. People know how to enjoy the moment. And I think that coupled with food that's unprocessed and seasonal and almost all plant-based, I think that's the secret. We are on the air with chef, author, and Greek food guru, Diane Kuchilas, here on the Alagos Radio in the Alagos interview series. And Diane, having mentioned your new book, which is coming out in just a few days, what can readers expect to see? The book is not, I'll tell you what it isn't. It's not a diet book. It's not a, here are 10 steps to living to 100. I don't think those books mean anything. I think most of that work is gimmicky. This is a really, in, it's a deeper look at a place that I, I know very well. I've been going to Icaria since I was a child. I have very deep-rooted connections there. It's really a look at that culture. And it's a look at the culture from the perspective of food and day-to-day -day living on the island, what people do, how they live, what they grow, what their gardens are like, what foods were they eating up until the 1970s when it was still a very remote place. All of those recipes are in the book, a lot of savory pies, a lot of dishes based on greens, uh, mushrooms, wild mushrooms, huge part of the local diet, goat's milk and goat's milk cheeses. That's really what the book is about. It's about the place. It's about the culture of Icaria and what it means to be, what it means to live 
in a place like this, what, what, your, what life is like. And I try to draw some conclusions and offer up some lessons, but I think that in reading the book, people will hopefully draw their own lessons from it because it's a very, very different place from anything that we know, certainly in the developed West. We are on the air with chef, author, and Greek food guru, Diane Kochilas, here on the Alagos Radio and the, the Alagos Interview Series. And Diane, we are, of course, in the beginnings of the fall season. Share with us some of your favorite Greek dishes for this time of the year. Some of my favorite dishes from this time of the year are definitely dishes that are actually in the Ikaria book. I have a wonderful bean dish with a, a, a giant bean dish with petimezi with a grape molasses. That's perfect for the fall and you know for any kind of cold weather. One of my favorite dishes, of course, are the little greens pies from Ikaria. And as greens are now coming into season, that's a wonderful dish to prepare. I just made a great dish that's not from Ikaria, that just came out of my own head um, a few days ago for uh, beetroot uh, kefteves. And I posted it on Facebook and got a lot of very, quite positive comments. Dude, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I can go on and on with the recipes. In closing, where can our listeners find out more about you, your recipes, your new book, your classes in Ikaria, and all of your other ventures? And the best place is uh, my website, www.diancochillas.com. And that will also direct them to my Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram and et cetera, et cetera. Diane, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today on the Alagos Radio and the, the Alagos Interview Series. Great. Thank you as well, Michael.